Hello, everyone, and welcome to SWAT Radio on, I guess it's Tuesday, September 5th. I almost said Monday, forgetting the Labor Day holiday. I'm David Gray, along with my good friend and SWAT brother, Brian Andrew, and we are very happy to be with you here today from Jacksonville on SWAT Radio. Doug is away for a couple days uh, at a speaking engagement, and Brad, I'm not sure what Brad's doing. I think he just... I don't know. I think he's just laying around the house. That sounds like Brad, right, Brian? Yeah. Yeah, he's probably got a long list to work on there. Yes. They just remodeled the bathroom, I heard. I know right? he did. I know he did. I know. But anyway, glad you're here. Thank really, you. Really appreciate you being here and always fun to uh, to have you in the studio and get to do this with you. Whether it's a studio or golf cart, all the same to me. They're both fun with you. That's you're right, right, David. That's right. We uh, we have had a couple of opportunities, uh, and, and I've always promised Doug that we won't talk too long about about golf and sport. We could talk the first 15 minutes easy about golf and about the college football weekend, right? But yes. uh, we had the opportunity last week. Uh, you've graciously invited me to participate in the uh, uh, fundraising golf tournament for uh, the City Rescue Mission, which was awesome. We had a great time. Didn't I didn't play well, but we had fun, and we did well as a team. Hey, I know a ringer when I see him. So uh, <laughs> I, have a, I have a ball for you, by the way. Did you know this weekend was the last one for World Golf Village Hall of Fame? I wanted to make sure you got a special oh, logo ball. Thank so, you. Made I for TV, that. I know, but radio fans, you yeah. just got an extra golf ball. So where is the Hall of Fame moving to? It's moving to Pinehurst. It is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this is the last weekend of induction it, here in it, it, no it's actually shut down now so they okay. closed it on friday they're moving it so these logos are you know gotcha. going to be things of history but uh yeah so you're right golf at city rescue mission what a great um organization that is for 70 some odd years and they put on a great show afterwards uh talking about the purpose the silent auction fundraising all for a very good cause and as you know craig henderson our good uh, mm -hmm. brother at swat uh, has a leadership role there on a weekly basis and was also on the organizing committee there too. So, uh, so glad we could, uh, play there and, um, and it was a lot of fun. Well, at the training day, you mentioned to me, uh, you invited me to, to come and I had no idea that it was at the stadium course at Sawgrass. And I had no idea of the magnitude of the, uh, of the event, the event itself. It was really great. A lot of fun things. So, Thank you again for, for having me, and uh, it was great to meet your friend Joe, and yep. great fellowship, and like you said about City Rescue Mission, I've got to know them a little bit as an organization. A lot of it's through Craig, and Craig will be here tomorrow, by the way, with me, but um, Craig Craig and his good friend Mark Anderson run a, both from Mandarin Presbyterian Church, run a, a they did a what originally was going to be kind of a temporary or an eight-week or so, if I have it right. Bible study at City Rescue Mission a couple of years ago. Well, it's still going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the response to it was so great, and the, the folks that are there liked it so much that Craig and Mark have continued it. And um, through their involvement and the involvement of others, I've mentioned before that there's a great ministry that Mandarin Presbyterian hosts known as the Great Banquet. Uh, I won't get into all that right now, and I know there's occasionally differing opinions about the Great Banquet. I'll just say that my experience with it has been nothing short of wonderful and, and, and finding it to be um, a, a tool of, of God and, and a tool in which the Holy Spirit ministers to a lot of people. And anyway, uh, the last several 
great banquets. There's two a year, two for men and two for women. And at the men's event, the last several, there have been several guests from City Rescue Mission that come for the weekend Good. to the great banquet. And I've just made some great friendships and relationships with with guys from City Rescue. And, and that organization is doing what they're doing in the name of Jesus. And, yes. and it's not just a shelter, it, it, which is important, it, but it's not a just a traditional shelter or it, it is a place where they are helping people to to learn and understand and hear the gospel and to be introduced to Jesus. And it's also a place, and you probably know more about this than me, a lot more, that that where they're helping people get life skills and get back on their feet. Absolutely. it. They are very effective uh, in the name of Jesus, you know, uh, taking broken lives and helping people mend it back together, uh, addictions and overcoming that. And they have a graduated program where um, you, you graduate to different phases and then, and then scripture is taught there, uh, a very structured approach, a lot of praying, a lot of uh, forgiveness, a lot of healing mm-hmm. takes place there with counselors and everything else. And because they um, claim Jesus in their mission statement, you know, they're not funded by uh, tax dollars like you yeah. think. And yeah. so they, they need good Christian supporters. Yeah. Yes. And, and the fundraiser of the golf tournament was great. Uh, not only a lot, a lot of fun, but for a great cause. And again, I, I really appreciate your generosity and in inviting me. And, and uh, it, was, it was a great day. And we got to play again the other day with our buddy Scott Baldwin or, or Caddy Baldwin, as he likes me to call him. Oh, yes. uh, Caddy Baldwin, because he's always giving me tips. And, you know, when something works that he suggests, he refers to himself as Caddy Baldwin. And then acts like he's gonna you know send me a bill you know for the for the charge but anyway we had a we had a good time the other day and uh glad you're here today you know just switching gears a little bit usually in the first segment of the uh the program or a lot of times we'll talk about something that's going on in the culture yeah uh, and boy there's always a a huge list <laughs> of things to pick from um and try to talk about uh, you know, how, what the Bible would have us do in response, what God would have us do in response to some of these issues. How can we respond, um, having, uh, having the correct biblical worldview and how can we respond right. to some of these things in the culture? And I, I think what we're going to talk about in Haggai today, uh, is, is not too dissimilar in a lot of ways, different time, different period yes. of history, but sure. similar issues to, to what is going on today. But I don't know much about the whole artificial intelligence thing mm-hmm. and all of that. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't, uh, I could probably use some artificial intelligence. <laughs> I, I, I just signed up for a course, by the way, and I completed the first, uh, first, uh, if you will, session. Did so you? I'm, I'm on my way, but it's, it's, uh, really rocking my field in high tech, as you'd expect. So I'm, um, you know, definitely trying to absorb and read, and, you know, at the same time can see how it can be used for good and bad. Yeah, right? I was just about to say that, just like anything else. I, I yes. heard a, I heard somebody last night, I was listening to a podcast, I don't even remember what it was, but somebody saying how great, you know, the internet is this greatest invent, one of the greatest inventions in terms of knowledge sharing and all of this, and, and such a good thing in that way. And yet at the same time, it's it's the instrument by which people look at porn. Yes. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, just to show the two sides of it and the two extremes. And to your point, yeah, I, there's so many, I'm sure, wonderful and great uses for it. And yet the the article that I read had to do with 
um, people using artificial intelligence to generate fake Bible passages to support their oh ideology and their and their their causes. And this particular oh. article was about someone who had used is it Chat GPT? That yeah. is yeah. And I, again, I'm not overly yes. familiar with that. But they had asked Chat GPT to create. Uh, a Bible passage in which Jesus appears to support transgenderism, oh. and, and and that's what the article was about. And wow. and the the article actually listed. I'm not going to go into all the details and read it, but the article actually listed the wording that Chat GPT came up with about this, you know, to to, to create this passage. And and what the article is implying or saying is that. It has the artificial intelligence has the ability to make the passage sound oh, yeah. biblical, yeah, and to use the same, uh, you know, uh, annotation and the same kind of uh, wording and phraseology as the as the Bible might use. And I think it was loosely based on, you know, Paul writing, you know, in the kingdom there's neither slave nor free, Jew nor Gentile, male nor female. Clearly, he's talking about. Mm-hmm. classes there and mm-hmm. and 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 castes if you will yeah. and that in christ we're all equal he yeah. wasn't talking about there's no gender clearly Correct. clearly gender Correct. uh is is affirmed by the bible and is affirmed by god but anyway a very interesting article and another reminder how you know we talk all the time doug has pounded this over the years mm-hmm. the importance of knowing the scriptures absolutely and so that that really jumped out at me as another reason why, boy, that wasn't a you know we we talked about in the past that it's important to know the scriptures so we know truth from error, but now error is coming at us in a whole new way, and yeah. false teaching is coming at us in a whole new way. I mean, saving truth theme of a book, right? Uh, boy, it, it is uh, it is fleeting, and I was looking here for the exact quote, but um, you know if you wind it back to the first three chapters in Genesis, right? How long does it take Satan to say, did God really say? Mm, that's right. And, and um, you know, that's Satan's job is to confuse and divide. And when there's division and no reconciliation between friends and family and everything else, everybody trying to prove that they're right, mm. um, God's grace just gets overlooked. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Everybody just trying to prove that they're right. Yeah. I, I've been guilty of that before. <laughs> you, you, you know, there's a lot of inconvenient truths in the Bible, of course, um, but there's still truths. Right. And so we've got to conform and acknowledge and respect and fear God as a result of right. those truths. Yeah. Right. Uh, too often, right, the, the, the modus operandi of the culture and of people is let's make God conform to us. Absolutely. Let, let's make God, let's adjust God or manipulate God so that he fits our ideas and our, and as we're going to, as we've been talking about a Haggai, our priorities Yeah. versus no, that is not what the Bible says. The Bible says we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We are to be transformed by God's spirit so that we become more Christ-like, yeah. uh, not so that we make God fit our, our mold or our agenda. Yeah. And one, as one author once said, uh, God doesn't make a good vending machine. He's much greater than that. Yeah. yeah. Where you just select something, throw your coin in and say, here's what I want. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, anyway, it's an interesting article. I'm sure you can find it if you search, you know, 
AI, you know, fake, fake Bible generated, you know, AI yes. passages or, or something like that. But again, it just, it, it, it's something that, um, while we've talked about false teaching for a long time, boy, that brings it to a whole nother level. And that is very, um, 1984-ish, if you will, or even beyond that, this idea that all, and it seems like it's happened so suddenly. Maybe that's just me not paying enough attention, but all of this kind of stuff seems like it has just kind of appeared on the scene. I know Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun, so the idea yeah. isn't new. Yeah. False teaching, lies, it's right. old as Satan, like you said. Yeah. But um, the technology and the means by which this is happening just seems to have exploded. Yeah, you know, no, it, it, you're really true. It's true. In the last six months, the AI discussion has accelerated much faster than um, than you'd think. Yeah, yep. And of course, uh, we've all grown up and seen, uh, grown up on movies like The Terminator and 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 all of this kind of stuff, and thought, oh, you know, boy, that makes for a great movie. But uh, tr yeah, you know. Well, and I was just thinking the Da Vinci Code and and the whole theme which we won't even give credence to on the, mm -hmm. on the on the what but but just twisting something about Christ yeah. in a way that uh, is not biblical. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what, you know, when we talk about Satan being a deceiver and a liar, that's really what he does. He doesn't necessarily just put out there some outlandish lie that is clearly untrue and he takes elements of the truth. Right. Sticks them in there and perverts it. Yeah. So that it has a, you know, it has an element of truth or it has an, a, a ring to it that yes. maybe sounds true, but it's not. Yes. And again, back to the reason for understanding and knowing the scriptures like Absolutely. we're supposed to. So. You're right. Anyway, we are going to take our first break on SWAT radio. We're going to come back and continue in our uh, on our study in Haggai. Uh, give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question. And Brian and I will be right back on SWAT radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Fernandina Beach at 91.3. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brian Andrew are with you today. Doug and Brad are off. Uh, uh, 
Brian is kind enough to be here with me today. Craig Henderson, who we mentioned earlier, another good friend and SWAT brother, will be here with me tomorrow. Doug will be back on Thursday I, I, uh, for his guest day. I apologize. Maybe he'll text me if he's listening. I'm not sure who his guest will be on Thursday. And then Brad and I will be in on Friday to do kind of our typical uh, Friday discipleship uh, modeling of, uh, of Haggai chapter 2, verses 1 to 9 that we're talking about uh, this week. Um, again, our number is 844-777-7928. And uh, so we are in the book of Haggai. Brian and I were just debating during the break about is it is it Haggai or Haggai? We're going to go with Haggai <laughs> just because it's easier to say. Um, but this is, uh, Haggai is uh, a two-chapter minor prophet book deep in the Old Testament from a, from an order of book standpoint. And uh, Doug taught on this at our SWAT training day uh, back at the beginning of August, and uh, and and we're, uh, we're kind of in that time here on SWAT Radio and in the SWAT weekly meetings where we're not we don't have our meetings over the summer. Doug is going to be starting in the Gospel of Mark uh, next week as we get back to our regular weekly SWAT meetings. But in this interim, we've kind of gone over a couple things, including the Discipleship Gospel book. And now uh, going over Doug's teaching from Haggai that he gave at the SWAT training day. And um, believe it or not, there are four, if you will, sermons or messages that God gives here through Haggai, the prophet, in this two-chapter book. And uh, it's pretty interesting. I, I, had, I think a lot of us confessed, right, that it, either we had never really studied Haggai or it had been an awful long time. Right. So that, I'm in that camp. Yeah, me too. Me too. So um, at last week, uh, the first section uh, that, that uh, Doug and Brad went over and, and, and Brad and I covered a little on Friday is chapter one, verses one to 15, which is actually all of chapter one. And this covers God's priority, just by the way, by way of recap, covers God's priority of rebuilding his temple and how he moved in his people to make his priority their priority and what what the application there is for us but just again by way of background and this was good for me to go back and and i get confused sometimes on the timeline of things right you know um but in 538 bc right israel was allowed to return to israel uh for, to the land of israel the jews were allowed to return from babylon under the under the civil leadership of zerubbabel he was really the king but they yeah. kind of had to call him something different because they were still kind of or you know, governor or something yeah, like that. Right? They were still kind mm -hmm. of being controlled, I guess, at that time by the Persians. And uh, under the spiritual leadership of Joshua, he was the high priest. And about 50,000 Jews returned. And in 536 BC, they began to rebuild the temple. I, I think that's all found in the book of Ezra. Um, but there was opposition from some to the building of the temple, the rebuilding. There was indifference by many of the Jews and the work was abandoned. And then 16 years went by, and it was 16 years later that God spoke to the people through Haggai and also through the prophet Zechariah, uh, and they were commissioned by God to stir up the people to rebuild the temple and to reorder their spiritual priorities. Um, and it, it says at the beginning here in chapter 1 of Haggai that the Lord of hosts— uh, and the Hebrew word there, that's the name of God, right, is Yahweh. That's where we get Yahweh. Um, and and the, that term, the Lord of hosts, 
I believe is used 14 times in these two chapters. I, I think that's what Doug said. I didn't go count it, but, and the idea here is that he is the Lord and the commander of everything, the heavenly armies, earthly armies, the whole universe. He, nothing is outside of his control. Right. Right. And, and 70 years ago when they went into captivity, um, God would, God had a plan, right? But then, you know, the, the, the temple now needs to be rebuilt and that's 70 years that trees get to grow, mm-hmm. you know, so right. now that now they got some timber to deal with. Right. Um, but you know, they, God was purging that generation too, whether that was intentional or not. It, it clearly everybody that was, you know, from, from had seen the, the glory of the Solomon temple, mm-hmm. you know, were dying off. Yeah. And Although so there were a few, few left yeah, as we're going to see here in, yeah. in the first chapter, that that's was right. part of the, part of the problem but you're right that's an interesting point about the i never thought of that about the, the amount of time for trees to be to regrow and yes. for supplies to be available but but god through haggai brings an indictment against the people and says even though it's clear that he wants them to rebuild the temple they've got an excuse that it's not the right time uh, it's too hard it's too difficult and, and God's sarcasm here in the first chapter of Haggai yeah. is biting. He says, yet you live in your nice houses while my hi- house lies in ruins. Essentially, that's what he says. Right. You know, yeah. you, you, right. you found the time to take care of yourselves and your houses and your provisions, but my house lies in ruins. Yeah. Right? It doesn't sound like they're depending on God daily, does it? No, not at all. And their priorities uh, certainly are not uh, in line with God's priorities. And in verse 5 of chapter 1, God tells them, consider your ways, right? Another call in Scripture to self-examination, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's many, you know, we see that in many other places to examine ourselves, to see if we're in line, to see if we're obedient, to see if our priorities are God's priorities. I, I use the phrase in my own quick little prayer sometimes, God, let my words, like your words be my words. Right. I don't want to say anything that, you know, you're not pleased with or, or yeah. isn't coming from you. Um, and they, the people think that they're in control, caring for their own needs, chapter one outlines here, but their selfishness and their desire to care for themselves is actually causing them more problems, yes. right? They're, 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 they're digging themselves a deeper hole, if you will, um, by and, their own And God's not blessing their actions either. They're trying hard to farm the land, to do everything, and they're just not succeeding. They don't have enough food, drink, or the quality of life is not, you know, ideal. Right, right. Not only is God not allowing them, to your point, uh, to, to succeed, he's opposing them. Mm-hmm. And and that's, yes. you know, why they're not succeeding. He's thwarting them. It says um, in verses, uh, you know, in 7 and 8, it tells God says to change their priorities, to be in line with his. And then in verses 9 and 10, um, the scriptures talk about, you looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. Then in verses 10 and 11, it actually talks about how God commanded the earth itself, called on nature to oppose mm-hmm. them. God kept rain from, from coming. God called for a drought on the grain, the new wine, the oils, and on what the ground brings forth on man and beast and on all their labors. So again, this idea that, that God is actively thwarting them and right. opposing them. And he's doing it because this is his chosen people. Mm. He's not worried about every other tribe out there. 
who doesn't know any better. He, this is his chosen people, and they know better. Mm-hmm. They've seen him at his best, in, you know, in Exodus and and all the glory beforehand. They know the rich history there, the big temple, and and so he's disciplined them because he loves them. Yeah, that's right. And we're going to see the result of that here momentarily. Yeah. But again, this idea in verses ten and eleven that. That, that God has caused drought, God has caused hardship and famine. Again, going back to that phrase, the Lord of hosts. Yeah. And, There's and, and nothing our, that's not under God's that's control. Right. In our day and time, we might call it economic catastrophe, right? Mm. 401k, bank accounts, all that gets rocked, right? And in, in the, the worst recession we've ever seen. That's right. Stuff. That's right. Yep. Yep. You see a lot of people turning and coming to faith in the wake of, those kind of disasters, right? God uses those things, which are tough. Hebrews talks about yep. no discipline is pre- is pleasant at the time, but yes. it but it 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 creates a harvest of righteousness for those who are trained by it. Yeah, and it reminds us of just how little we control. We think we have it. I got this. No, right. we don't. And and we we see time and time again that reminders that that you know, hey, health situations. Um, and others are beyond our control. Mm, that's right. That's right. We're never promised tomorrow. That right. Right. So, and then as a result of this, though, in verses twelve to fifteen, the the passage talks about that the leaders, so Zerubbabel and Joshua, the high priest, and the remnant. It's interesting that it says the remnant. So obviously, all the people are dealing with these hardships, right? All the people are dealing with drought, right? That would affect the whole nation. Yeah. But it says the remnant, along with the leaders, repented and obeyed. So so clearly not all of the people repented, mm-hmm. right? But God's people yeah. repented. Yeah. The people that belong to God. If we belong to God, it doesn't mean we don't screw up. It doesn't mean we don't right. fail. It doesn't right. mean we don't turn away at times. But ultimately, we will return to him because... He preserves us. Absolutely. <laughs> so we have God's word today to convict us, and God's Holy Spirit convicts us. The word we know is sharper than a two-edged sword. Um, but here, prophets were convicting the remnant, mm, right? Because they right. were speaking on behalf as God's agent, you know, that's as right. God's ambassador. That's which right. Which we're today, you know, Christ's ambassador. That's right. And, and it's interesting. That's a great point. And in, in the passage, in this book, it talks about God using Haggai and, and Zechariah to stir up the people. Yes. Of course, it's God's spirit stirring them right. up, but through his prophets, to your point, and, 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 and also now for us through the word and by the, by the spirit through the word, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and God responds to their genuine repentance and obedience by assuring them that he was with them, right? In, in, in verse uh, 13, he says, uh, then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message I am with you, declares the Lord, and the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel and uh, and the spirit of Joshua. So God doesn't leave them in this, when they repent and obey, he doesn't leave them in this state of, oh, things are so terrible, how are they going to get better? He assures them that he's with them. Yeah, I'm, I'm flashing back to the Old Testament a little further back. I want to read you something here from Joshua 1.5. Hmm. Um you know, in Joshua 1.5, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. Mm. So one more time, just yeah. as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. Yeah. 
that well, there's a lot in, 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 and there's a lot coming here in chapter two. That's funny yeah. that you read that, that remind me of God's words to Joshua yes, about being strong and courageous and about not turning to the right or to the left and, and that I'm with you. So and we, we even have a Joshua in the, in that's the script right. here too. That's yeah. right. Uh-huh. That's right. So God changes the hearts of his people. Uh, our priorities are often skewed and selfish, but he's concerned about our obedience and his glory. And he disciplines us to your point earlier, Brian, to change us. Okay. So, Uh, Maybe we'll touch on that one more time when we come back. But we are going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour for the news. Um, Call us at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question. And we'll be right back on SWAT Radio. From MercyChips.org. I'm Don Stevens. Like all moms, Larissa dreamed of a bright future for her four-year-old son, Trezor, but cataracts were stealing his eyesight. Larissa said, I felt like part of me was dying. Then our hospital ship came to Cameroon and a free surgery removed Trezor's cataracts. The next day, his small hands clutched the newly removed eye patches as he scrunched his eyes closed. It took a few minutes, and his mother's whispered encouragement before he slowly blinked his eyes open. Wonder replaced fear as he reached for a toy car in front of him, something he couldn't have done even an hour before. A 20-minute surgery restored sight and joy. What a tribute to the mercy of our dedicated volunteers and to God's love. Now you go. Find a way to show joy restoring mercy to someone today. This is Don Stevens of MercyShifts.org, bringing hope and healing to the world's forgotten poor. Expect some delays because of a crash on the East Beltway 295 southbound between Monument Road and Atlantic Boulevard. Also, there's major delays because of a broken down vehicle on I-10 eastbound before the Cecil Commerce Center exit blocking the left lane. Partly cloudy tonight, low 68, Wednesday sunny and hot, high 96. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside there's a better life, there's a better life If you got pain, he's a pain taker If you feel lost, he's away Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brian Andrew. Glad that you are with us as we get into the third segment here of our program on Tuesday, and we are looking at Haggai chapter 2 verses 1 to 9 is the main text for this week. We just did a uh, kind of a, a little summary and review of, of chapter 1 of Haggai, uh, and the main theme there is is priority. Are, are our priorities in line with what God's priorities are, or are we seeking our own agenda uh, and our own uh, priorities uh, at the expense of what God wants? And, you know, right at the end of what we were talking about there, Brian, just to quickly touch on this, we were talking about how God disciplined yes. the people. Yeah, he disciplined right. um, uh, Joshua, the high priest, and Zerubbabel and the remnant of yeah. the people. Um, and just to make the distinction that, that that is different from punishment. 
Mm-hmm. Biblical discipline, God's discipline, yeah. is different from punishment, although sometimes discipline feels like punishment. I always thought this was interesting, that 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 Hebrews talks about that when God disciplines us, he's treating us as sons and daughters, and that mm-hmm. he disciplines those that he loves. Yeah. Because the goal of discipline is always godly change. It's always the goal of God's discipline. Now, it's not only always the goal yeah. of our discipline as flawed fathers and grandfathers right. and right. parents. Yeah, I, I certainly can attest to the fact that I uh, discipline and punishment got all mixed up in you know in my uh, <laughs> yeah. metting it out in many ways. Um, yeah, because I'm a flawed, sinful person. But but God disciplines, and and one of the best lines I ever heard in conjunction with that is that it's not punishment. Because he's already punished Jesus. Mm, he punished yes. Jesus yeah. on our behalf. And so the punishment aspect of things for believers is, yes. is gone. Right. But discipline remains. And the Hebrews acknowledges it never seems pleasant at the time. Yeah. But it produces, as we said, the harvest of righteousness in those that are trained by it. Now, sometimes it takes me a while to be trained by it. Mm-hmm. But that's the goal. And I just, I, I just want to... There might be those listeners out there who are are thinking about that or wondering, you know, oftentimes we hear people say, oh, God, God's punishing me or, mm-hmm. or God's angry with yeah. me. Well, if you belong to him, he's not punishing you. He's not yeah. angry with you. He might be disciplining you to correct you, yeah. but he's not punishing you. And I think that's an important distinction. And, and you know, for, for me, and I'm glad you said that, oftentimes when I'm in that situation where I feel like I'm being punished or or abandoned by God a little bit, you know, it's unconfessed sin mm. that I need to come clean right. with. And my reluctance for that is usually pride-based, mm. and that's a problem too. When I can deal with the problem and then and then – you know, ask for forgiveness, knowing that he will forgive, um, and repent that that's just a beautiful cleansing yeah, thing. Yeah. And it's, um, it's necessary to continue that close relationship because yeah, yeah. I've got stink on me otherwise. Right. Yeah. I don't usually have that problem. I'm very proud of my humility, Brian. I <laughs> no, I'm glad you said that. And you know, I, when you say unconfessed, Doug, Doug talks about that a lot. Um, a lot of times in SWAT, and you and I know this from mm-hmm. getting his notes and yes. using them to teach our group. Yeah, um, he, there'll be application questions at the ends of the at the end of the notes, and oftentimes the last question is, "Is there anything I need to repent of?" Yeah, right, right. And um, I think of David talking about how when he kept silent and he didn't confess his sins, it says he says his bones wasted away. Yes, and I think we can we, we can relate to that kind of language. The, the agony of, you know, sometimes I hold out on the confession because I want to keep doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I know that if yeah. I confess, okay, I'm saying if I'm really serious about this, then I have to turn from it. And right. I don't want to. Correct. And, yeah. and and that's all mixed up in my own and, sinful heart. And, and, we, and we try and, and justify it with a bunch of things for, well, it's really not that bad or, you know, right. I and justify it in ways that that uh, make us think it's it's okay when we but it's it's really at the heart pride and each time we languish in that area though um satan is uh is getting his way yeah yeah, yeah. well i'm glad you he's, said he's that. rendered us ineffective because we can't really go out to our neighbor and, and minister very effectively when we're trapped in sin right that's right that's right well i appreciate those words and, and those comments on that um, we're going to get into chapter 2 here. And Brian, if you wouldn't mind, why don't you read uh, Haggai chapter 2, verses 1 to 9, and the theme of this 
section is perspective and and seeing things uh, aligning our perspective with God's perspective. So I want you to go ahead and read I'd, that. I'd be happy to. And I'd also say a theme, you know, is, uh, is it's a strong message of encouragement and, and God through his prophet reiterates his commitment and, and, and encourages them to be strong and his promises are mm. going to hold firm and true. And so, so that, yeah, this is tremendously encouraging to me as well. I, okay, here we go. Haggai chapter two, verse one. On the 21st of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying, quote, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheolo, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, saying, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? Does it not seem to you like nothing in comparison? But now take courage, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Take courage also, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. And all you people of the land, take courage, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. As for the promise which I made you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit is abiding in your midst. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea also, and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and they will come with the wealth of all the nations, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace declares the Lord of hosts. Hmm. May God bless the reading of his word. And boy, there's a lot of Lord of hosts in that passage, there right? Are. Like yes. we were saying, just to, again, I think reiterate, right? From whom this message is coming. Yeah. This is not coming from Haggai. I'm sure Haggai was glad yeah. to say the Lord of hosts that many times. So the people knew this is not him speaking. This is God speaking. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And, of course, uh, good job on the names. It's never uh, they came by the hand of Haggai the prophet, speak now to Bob. It's never <laughs> to Bob or Jim or Frank. It's I, I faked you know, it pretty good, you, so I don't want anybody good, to imitate you, me. You yeah. did a good job. <laughs> All right. So um, in just to, to kind of go back over what's going on here in this passage, we, we see in the first couple of verses, um, again, the Bible so definitive about the timing, right, yes. uh, of this. Uh, the second year, meaning of of uh, Darius, right? The, the book starts off with in the second year of Darius, the king. So this is still the second year, now the 21st day, the seventh month. So essentially it's a month from the time that Haggai gave the first message in chapter one to right. the people, right? A, yeah. a month has gone by. And so the word of the Lord comes through Haggai again. It comes to the leaders, to, to uh, Zerubbabel and to Joshua and to the remnant of the people. So it's the same audience that, that God's first message came, to whom uh, God's first message came, and it's one month later. And in verse 3, we see that they're one month into the building, but essentially there's a problem, right? God is addressing the problem. Verse 3 says, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? So so God is is bringing out this issue that there are some 
not many maybe, to yeah. your point earlier, but right. there are some right. who had seen the temple in the quote-unquote old days and were looking at the new temple with with contempt, if you will, with scorn. Yeah. I mean, almost like, huh, you should have seen the old temple. This is this is nothing, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, God asks these three, if you will, rhetorical questions um, about, look, are you are you looking at this with scorn, with contempt? And he's going to address that, but that's what, what's going on in this verse. And um, let, wanna, let me comment if yeah, I could sure. on the, uh, the timing too. You know, like you said, we have very specific dates. This only lends more credibility to the scripture, right? Uh, one scholar was specific enough to say it's October 17th, 520 BC. Wow. You know, think of that 2,550 years ago, uh, we're getting this, this message, right? And this would have been, um, you know, the, uh, during the feast, right? In the, in the fall. So the, the uh, Feast of Booths or Tabernacles, right, um, which would be celebrating God's provision for Israel, and it's going on this time. But we know the provision isn't uh, a lot of crops because, it just as you recapped in, mm-hmm. in chapter 1, um, they're, they're not having an abundance. In fact, God's thwarting their efforts to be independent of him, right? So I thought that was encouraging. As well. Yep. Wow, we're through that that second third segment already i hear the music but uh, we're going to continue in this um and there's a couple of passages we want to read from ezra and from zechariah that kind of um confirm and 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 add to if you will this passage about what's going on here with some of the older men lamenting if you will the state of the temple and the way it's being rebuilt versus some of the younger ones who are doing the rebuilding being being joyful and that contrast and what God has to say about it. So we're going to come back and continue talking about that again. If if you have a question or a comment, you can give us a call at 844-777-7928. And Brian and I will be right back on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. 91 FM, the truth.
Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brian Andrew, glad you're with us here for our last segment as we continue to look at Haggai chapter 2, verses 1 to 9. And right before the break, we were talking about the fact that uh, in verse 3 here in chapter 2, God has raised the, the problem and asked kind of rhetorical and, and indicting questions about the fact that there are those who are detracting from the rebuilding of the temple saying it's it's and looking at it with scorn saying essentially it's not nearly as splendid and as good as Solomon's temple and the temple that was destroyed and now we're going to see how how God responds to that but just to to read a couple of quick passages from uh, other books that that correspond with this idea of what was happening um in 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 Ezra chapter 3 of verses uh 12 and 13, actually starting with the second half of verse 11, it says, and all the, about the rebuilding of the temple, and all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. And then verse 12, but many of the priests and Levites and heads of fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first house, the first temple, wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this house being laid, though many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping, for the people shouted with a great shout, and the shout, the sound was heard far away. Mm. That's a very interesting yeah, passage. It is. This is a terrible analogy, but what jumps into my mind is, you know, I grew up watching the Celtics play in the old Boston yeah. Garden, right? Yeah, right. And I got to play in there in high school. Did you? And okay. I remember when they tore it down, and you, you would drive by it on the expressway through downtown Boston, and the wrecking ball had gone through oh. the outside wall, oh. and you could see right into the arena. You could see the seats. Yeah. You could see the scoreboard hanging there. It was just bizarre. And I'm sure the younger people in Boston were thrilled that the new arena was being built and they were mm -hmm. going to see the new arena and yeah. old guys like me, although I wasn't that old at the time, wasn't as old then as I am now. Right. We're lamenting kind of the, and this is a, like I said, it's a bad analogy, but, but it's kind of the back in my day to yes. your point that yeah. you were making during right. the break. Sure. Um, but, but this is a lot, this is a lot more serious. Of course. Uh, I don't think God had as strong an opinion about the old and new Boston garden as he did the temple. Um, but, but you get the idea, right? We see that all the time. People saying, well, back in the good old days, back in my day, right? And, and again, what, what's happening here though, is God was, is pleased with the work and that's all that matters. And these detractors of the rebuilt temple forgot for whom the labor was being done. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and here's, here's a, a great, I think, um, adage as well. You know, when we're in the will of God, there's no more comforting place to just bask and remain, right? When God's pleased, like like we had here, why should we care about anything else? Yep. And that had to be tremendously freeing to them too, I think. That's right. That's right. And 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 again, they're looking at it kind of reminds me of you know, the passage that says men men look at outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Correct. Right? And 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 these it says when it says back in, in, in Ezra, the, the, the priests and the Levites are, are wailing and complaining about the lack of splendor of the new temple, but God's not looking at right. the external. Yeah. Right? And, and, and God does this through, through Haggai in chapter one, right? He, he uh, l l laments and, and cr critiques them. It says the problem is your heart. Yep. Yeah. And so it's a heart problem and now they're getting their mind and now he's encouraging them. So it, it seems like uh, their his spirit is, um, 
influencing them properly. That's right. So, so the, the people who were complaining forgot who it was uh, that commanded that the temple be rebuilt. You know, Doug pointed out that, that Herod certainly forgot this. It was Herod, you know, hundreds of years later, right, who spent 46 years rebuilding this yes. version of the temple because he didn't consider it great enough for his own glory. Correct. Not for God's glory, but but for his glory. And when, when, you know, I can't remember. I'm sorry. Have you been to Israel with yes. Doug? Okay, yeah, so you yeah. know. Yeah. All the story. Herod was an unbelievable builder. Let's face it. He yeah, was. he was. But mm-hmm. he wasn't doing it for God. No. He was doing it no. for, for himself. And and again, it, and, and I, I've been guilty of that too. How many times have I done things for, for my recognition or for credit? Yeah. And not not for 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 God's glory. So the the takeaway here, you know, Doug had a good note. Whenever we labor for the temple of God, we lay aside our own purposes and are committed to the one who deserves honor, and that's Yahweh. That's the Lord of hosts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then you were, you and I were talking about this in the break. You know, today the church is God's temple, right? Peter. First yes. Peter talks about that. We're, we're living stones, yes. right? And uh, there's no, you know, God dwells. Jesus said, the Father and I will come and make our home in you. Yeah. And uh, and so we are the temple, and we are still to be about, about temple building. And that includes allowing God to rebuild us as individuals. Am I allowing yes. God to rebuild me right. so that this stone in the temple is renewed and and is living and growing and and yeah have we have we checked the box say building permit authorized you know (laughs) you know we're letting him come in and do what he wants to do his great work that's right finish it that's right and 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 often right i i confess that i resist that and and i resist and doug talks about this a lot you know asking the question god what do you want me to be doing for you now right and Mm -hmm. do we do we kind of wake up with that attitude I, i i like what I think Doug said this recently. I, I, I like this idea that we get up in the morning and we say, okay, I've got my calendar. I know the things mm-hmm. I have to do. I have my job or whatever it mm-hmm. is I'm doing that day. But God, if you're going to interrupt that calendar and have something else, then let me be yeah, sensitive to that and let me be willing to to do whatever it is that you, that you bring in front sure, of me. Sure, and in verse 6 there, you know, it talks about the Lord uses this term, which I kind of love. Once more in a little while, I'm going to, all right, a little while. It's not specific on time, and God's not time-bound, and he, he intended not to give us a specific time, right? Mm. But then he starts talking about the future, right? And all this comes together, but it also makes reference to the final eternal kingdom, you know, after the millennium, after the tribulation period. Um, and so today, if we're the stones and in, in the spirit God resides in us and the church is the temple, then, then the future is his eternal. And so he's telescoping to use a term from another Bible scholar, telescoping, you know, years in ahead, um, when that's going to be established. And it just reminded me, I was in a, um, at the theater watching about the Hubble, not the web, but the Hubble. And they were showing on this, you know, IMAX screen, four stories high, all this amazing, you know, creation that, that God has made with, with, uh, uh, solar systems and galaxies and all that out there and stars. And, and the one thing they said about focus, which I think helps us understand what our focus is too. They said the focus of the Hubble. Now the web has got to be even better. 
but the focus of the Hubble is the equivalent of putting a dime out there 200 miles away and letting a laser stay affixed on that. So the gyroscopes are all spinning to keep it that focused so it can get these long exposures and take Mm -hmm. these pictures and Mm -hmm. get the infrared readings on all that, and we can learn about it. And so I think of a dime and a laser focus 200 miles apart, and I think, you know, often I get confused what my focus is in just 20 minutes in the, in a day, right? I can get completely confused. Yeah, that, that's a, a, a great analogy. And I'm glad you get into this part of the passage because it's interesting that God is telling them, he's encouraging them to build the temple and not be distracted right. by the naysayers. Yes. Right? He's telling them, don't be distracted by all that's going on around you. And I think when he brings up Egypt... And then he brings up the future kingdom that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. It's to remind them that while things change around them, he never changes. Right. And 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 in the end, he wins. Yes. Right. So no matter what, and, and isn't that a great message for us today? Just like it was yeah. at this time, five hundred years before Jesus. Right. Right. Again, nothing new under the sun. Different set of circumstances, different problems, yeah. right? Yes. But problems nonetheless, just like we have today. Mm-hmm. And we have all these voices around us detracting us or trying to detract us from our mission right. as disciples of Jesus, as followers of Jesus. And sometimes they're successful, right? Yeah. We, we do get distracted. We do. I do yeah. get detracted. But God is reminding us, look, hundreds of years before this, I brought you out of Egypt. And I'm the same God today mm-hmm. that is pleased and is telling you to rebuild the temple. And I'm still with you, just like I was with you in Egypt. And then in the future, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth and nothing will yep. remain except my kingdom and my people Yes, and my word, essentially, is what he's saying. Yeah. And so don't, don't worry about all this other peripheral stuff. Keep your perspective on what's important. Keep your perspective on me. And the focus. And yep. that's the a, focus. right. There's the word yep. focus you just used about, yeah. about the dime. That's a that's a great way to put it. I, and I like this idea that he's reminding us that we are part of something big. Right. Yeah. Something that will never fail. Uh, and even in verses six and seven, after he talks about shaking the heavens, he says, uh, that the treasures of all nations shall come in and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, right? Mm-hmm. So this idea that one day all of the nations will bring their wealth to God. And, and a good reminder how many buy into the lie that silver and gold are, are, can be their own God, right? Yep. And it can give them the comfort and the peace that they're looking for. And then in verse 9, when he talks about the latter glory, you know, the final glory here, uh, of the eternal temple, you know, where, where God and the, and the lamb will be there, you know, in one and, and we'll be basking in his presence. Um, and at this place, I will give peace declares the Lord of the host peace. That's, that's not the absence of conflict. That's fully satisfying comfort. The best feeling you can ever have for the rest of eternity. Yeah. The absence of sin. Yes. Right. Absolutely. The absence of sin and, uh, life as it should be. I know that's a that's a discussion for another program, but this idea that 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 you know, I think our vision sometimes of heaven is 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 has been warped, right, by culture yeah. and, and pop yeah. culture and all that, but but 
I think life will go on in many ways as we know it, mm -hmm. but as it should be and as God originally intended with, it to with be. the prince of peace reigning that's yeah. right mm -hmm. that's right that's right well as usual the hour flies by and it we, has we david wonderful time with yeah. you yeah. thanks brian for uh -huh. being here really Certainly. appreciate it and uh really appreciate your insights on and, this and quick plug uh we're starting up next week that's and right. Looking forward to uh, getting those sessions back and seeing my SWAT brothers. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that reminder. You can go to SWATradio.com for all the information on the weekly SWAT Bible studies, where they're located and what time they occur. And we'd encourage you to do that. And we'd love to see you at one of our SWAT meetings. Thanks for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with Craig Henderson to continue in Haggai Chapter 2 on SWAT Radio. <laughs>